Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. Up next is a sermon from Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. Messages can also be downloaded at GrenadaChurch.com. Now, on to the sermon. All right, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I finished my course, I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Father, we give you honor and praise this morning. And the Lord, I just pray for strength this morning to preach your word without fear nor favor. And Lord, I pray the words will come across my lips. What have you you've laid up on my heart? And God, it would do its intended purpose. And I know it won't come back void. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And we say, Amen. I'm going to preach to you just a few moments about three important looks that we see in this passage. The last last words of any of any person when they're dying is very important. And I have an interest in it. I've over the years I've watched people is uh read a lot, people that were passing away, some famous people and watch different things they would say over the years. And it just amazes me how people, things they will say at the end of life, especially a, a non-Christian. Uh, Anton Levy, he was the man that was the uh, author of the Satanic Bible, and he was a high priest of the Satanic worship religion. And his dying words were, Oh my, oh my, what have I done? There's something very wrong. Sir Thomas Scott, who was the Chancellor of England, said this, Until this moment I thought there was neither a God nor hell. Now I know and feel there are both, and I am doomed to perdition by the just judgment of the Almighty. One I thought was really amazing come out of the story of the Titanic, and not the movie, the actual event. <laughs> and there was a survivor on the Titanic some four years after it happened, and in Canada he was giving this testimony he told the story of how he found himself in the water, in the cold seawater, struggling to stay afloat. And near him swam the American evangelist John Harper. If you haven't heard that name, it's been a long time, but John Harper was a very famous evangelist. In fact, he was loaded up on the boat with his family and his young daughters, and they were heading to Chicago to preach at uh, Brother Moody's church there, a very uh, popular uh, pastor at one time. But anyway, he, he, he swam near this American evangelist, John Harper, and John Harper asked him, he said, are you saved? And think about your soul. And with this, Harper sank up under the water. And a few minutes later, he popped back up, the evangelist, and he said, are you prepared to meet your Lord? And the man replied, I don't know how to get saved. And Harper, with his dying breath, said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, his blood cleanses from all sin. And that was Harper's last words as he sank into the ocean. And that man gave the testimony. That was the last convert of Brother Harper. The man got saved there in that ocean that night after the Titanic had sank. So today we're looking at some words of somebody, the great Apostle Paul. You have to understand when he wrote this, he was on his deathbed more or less. He was about to be executed. He was in a Roman jail cell. And our idea of a jail cell, what it was back then, are two different things. 
I mean, at best, this thing was a, a pit in the ground. And here he is pinning this letter to the young pastor, Timothy. And he knows his time is just about done here on this earth. And there's quite a confidence in his words. Amen. Uh, I know this past week with uh, Hattie Ray, my wife's grandmother's pretty much unresponsive. And I went up there and I did get her to laugh. I, she said, she squeezed out, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing good, Hattie Ray. Your granddaughter's keeping me in line. Matter of fact, I call her little Hattie Ray. And she smiled a little bit. And after that, she was pretty much unresponsive till I started praying with her. And then she was able to lift her hands up in there and she said, I'm just ready to go. I'm tired and I'm, I'm, I'm just not feeling well. I'm just ready to go be with the Lord. And I understand that. Uh, but Paul, he knows death is coming, but it doesn't frighten him. Watch people that are not saved. They're, they're very frightened of death. It's almost like a word we can't even talk about anymore in the church or out in public. People are so scared to talk about it. Oh, you mean I'm going to die? Yeah, you're going to die one day. But for the Christian, it's a lot different. Uh, he knows, Paul knows his work is just about over, but that does not discourage him. We shouldn't be discouraged in this life even when our time is short. I'm 55. I'm not a young man anymore. But every day that goes by and I get closer to my time, I'm not discouraged. I'm looking forward to every single minute God gives me here on this earth. And his words come across with such courage and strong faith. And Paul looks in three different directions and bears witness to his confidence in the Lord. And I'm going to show you those three directions. First, Paul looks around and bears witness that he is ready. What an amazing view of death. When you can get to that point and you know that you're absolutely secure at eternity, what an amazing outlook on life. And then you tend not to worry about life so much. He does not look at himself as a prisoner, but a sacrifice being offered up for the glory of God. My prayer would be somewhere in ministry, if that's what it took to uh, for me to fulfill God's commission in my life, so be it. That, I couldn't think of no higher honor to be offered up for the purpose of the gospel. And Paul knew that Jesus had laid down his life for him, so he was willing to lay down his life. I think we forget so many times how precious the blood of Jesus Christ really is. That Jesus gave it all at Calvary. He gave us eternal life. He gave us all the benefits of heaven while we're here upon this earth. So why shouldn't we be willing to go what it takes to do, to go that extra mile for Jesus Christ? And notice that Paul does not use the word death here. I'd never noticed this before, and it just kind of leapt off the pages. As you read the Word of God, it tends to do that. Amen? <laughs> As you read the Word of God, you may get something out of it one day and something completely different the next, but he never uses the word death in here. He's not afraid of the word. Absolutely not. He's not afraid of the experience. It is simply that for the Christian, there is no death like there is for the unsaved. The unsaved, I have no good news for you today. I can tell you you're facing the judgment of a thrice holy God. But for the saved, for those that truly know Jesus Christ as their Savior, death is not really the word does not apply to us in the sense that it does for the unsaved. It's simply that for the Christian, there is no death like it is for the unsaved. 
Paul uses the word departure, and what a wonderful word in the Greek language. He says, I'm ready to depart. And that word carries a much deeper meaning. I've said this several times in Bible study over the past few weeks. If I said the word departure to you, you'd think that I'm just getting ready to leave. But it goes much deeper than in the uh, Greek language. When the Christian departs, he leaves this tent behind. As a matter of fact, this is what the word in, in the first meaning for it is, is that the Christian, for the Christian, it means to pack up a tent like an army soldier. It means to take off this old tabernacle. It means to set everything aside and to finish the mission ahead. So this word here is, if Paul is saying, I'm about to let go of everything here in this life. I'm about to take off this old body, this old tabernacle, and I'm about to put on something new and wonderful. It also carries the meaning of a boat that is ready to set sail. You loose the boat and you set sail out into eternity. And that's the idea of it. it you know, when a, a Christian dies, they loose themselves from this life and set sail to those heavenly shores where Jesus lives. Now, can you look around like Paul and say, I'm ready to depart? What wonderful words when the Christian can just say that I am ready to depart. It tells me everything I need to know about their life. It tells me they have served Jesus Christ. They know Him as their personal Savior. And they are ready for that place called eternity. Now, Paul not only looked around, he looked back. He fought a good fight. He finished his uh, course. He kept the faith. Many people avoid looking back in the Christian world. And I get that. We shouldn't look back at our old sins. We shouldn't rehash that. Why? Because just rehashing your old sins is going to bring you down. God said those things are behind you. They're to be left in the past. But we are still to look behind us in the sense where God has brought us from. Where were you 10 years ago? Where were you 20 years ago? Where were you 30 years ago? Some of you may not have been alive that long, but where were you even five years ago? Look where the Lord has brought you. I, I I take my life on a daily basis. Where was I yesterday? If I move forward with the Lord today, I want to fight that good fight of faith until my mission is finished down here. Um, Paul, as he looked back, it wasn't easy for him. He had battles he had fought. He fought the world. He fought the flesh. He fought the devil in every city he went to. Ministry was no easy street for uh, Paul. Paul had to go literally and fight demons inside of every single city that he went to. He was stoned one time and left for dead on the side of the road. But Paul said, I have fought a good fight. Every single Christian has a mission, whether you believe it or not. Your your mission is not just to come sit on the pews and pay tithes and go home. That's only a part, a small part of your Christian walk. Uh, reading your Bible and praying. That's a, a part of your Christian walk. God has a mission for you. What is that mission? I have no idea. But I can tell you, ultimately, that mission will culminate back to one thing, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. It won't involve things of this world. It won't send you into places you shouldn't be. God's mission into this world is to 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 win the laws. I noticed in Arizona this uh, past week, there was, and I think I've got the state right, there was a young pastor there. He was 
uh, street preaching and somebody walked up and shot him in the head at point blank range. He's struggling for life this morning. That's who I want to pray for. Y'all, y'all remember that young man in prayer. I can't recall his name, but he, he was, he was fighting the good fight of faith, even out on the streets. I, I know one brother, Carl Leary, I, I noticed this weekend they were down on that. I think it, is it Bill Street or Bourbon Street? I can't keep up with them. One in New Orleans. They go down there on mission trips. They have literally had their bus, all the windows busted out by people down there. They've been threatened with their life, and yet still they fight the good fight of faith because they want to finish that mission. I can promise you, if you'll stick around long enough with Jesus, not me, not Pharaoh, not the church, but if you'll stick around long enough with Jesus, if you'll fight that good fight of faith, you'll figure out what your mission is. Well, how do I start this? Start by prayer. Figuring out where God wants you and what God wants you to do. The precious blood that was spilled on Golgotha's hill was given to the human race for salvation. And that is the message we should be sending out to the world. That Jesus died for you. He can save you from your sins. He is now at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you. And then once you are saved, you have the duty. You should fulfill that commission in your life somewhere to spread the gospel and lead others to Jesus Christ. Dear listeners of Power of the Cross Radio, we're reaching out to you today with a heartfelt request that can make a world of difference. Our mission to spread hope, faith, and inspiration relies on your generous support. For years, Power of the Cross Radio has been a guiding light, bringing you messages of love, healing, and spiritual growth. But to continue touching lives, we need your help. Your contributions enable us to produce quality content, reach wider audiences, and keep the message of faith alive. Every dollar you offer is an investment in nurturing souls and fostering a community of believers. Join hands with us today. Your offering, whether big or small, holds the power to transform lives. Together, we can ensure that the light of power of the Cross Radio continues to shine brightly. Visit our website at www.cross.radio to make your secure donation. Remember, it's not just a financial contribution, it's a step towards spreading love, hope, and the message of the Cross to those who need it most. Thank you for being a part of this incredible journey. Your support fuels our mission, and together, we can make a profound impact. Now, back to the message. I I see in the modern church movement, everybody wants to grow a church, and that's great. They've got all kinds of methods you can pack the pews out with. But I'm a firm believer, and you start getting people saved, you'll start getting the right people in your church. Amen? You start getting around Christians. You start doing the work of God. You'll find the friends you need to have in your life. Those others have to go. Amen. Preach over here a minute. Y'all must have some bad friends. All the old life has to go. God wants to make it over, and he wants to put you in the mission field somewhere. I don't know where it's at. You have to follow the Lord for that. And the blood is the basis of our faith. And Paul kept that faith. Paul was the great apostle that brought the message of the cross to the church and paul fought for the faith now looking back have you fought for the faith what have you done for the kingdom of god not everybody's going to be a preacher don't be hard on yourself with that i would advise you too if you if you want to preach you need to take a lot of time a lot of time and go pray about it You need to make sure that God has called you a a pulpit ministry or something like that. I'm always willing to help out, but I would tell you above all, pray. 
Most people are never going to step up in a pulpit. Many people will never step on a stage to sing. Many will never be over the administrative offices of the church. But my friends, God has called you to help spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, maybe in a small way, maybe in a great way. I can't look at my past failures. I've got to look forward. I've got to look what God has in plan for me. I have to keep going. I see the difference in looking back. If, if I look back and I look at all my failures and look at the things I've done wrong, that's all I'm fixated on. I'm looking, I look at the drug abuse and I look at all my failures as a husband, as a family man, and, and it's not good. But now as I look forward, by faith, and I, I take a glance back and I say, you know, God has done a wonderful work in my life. God has, has brought me out of places I've never imagined that I could get out of. And he set my foot on a firm foundation. Now, you have that testimony. Use what God has gave you. He gave you faith. If you're a Christian, you have faith. And let God build upon that. Paul could look around without fear and look back without regret because of the cross. And my friends, I can look back in my life today and I can see all those failures and I don't have to dwell on them. Matter of fact, I try not to even think about them too much. I, I look back and I say, God's taking me a long ways from where I was. But because of the cross, I have no regrets. Because of the cross, I don't have any fear looking forward. We're in some dark days in the United States. But my friends, God is more than able. I said he is more than able to carry us to the finish line. Now, Paul not only looked around and looked back, but he also looked ahead. There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, is what he said, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them, unto all them that love his appearing. Are you looking at the headlines and wondering, are we going to get out of this mess, or are you looking at the headlines saying, come, Lord Jesus? Amen. I, I, I look at this mess up in Memphis every time I turn the TV on, I guess because it's so close to us. There's only one answer for this situation, one answer only that can cure all the problems that are going on around us, and that is Jesus Christ alone. There is no peace in this world that compares to knowing your eternal future is secure. Now, my friends, I don't believe in one saved or always saved. Now, I love my Baptist friends. They have brought a lot of good things to the church world. But I'm sorry. You, you, if you get saved down here, you got saved at some altar somewhere 20 years ago, and you're living like the devil. If you got saved 20 years ago, and you're living like the devil, you might want to have a come-to-Jesus meeting. Amen. You might want to take a little time and pray and see exactly where your life is going and where it's at. Because, my friends, there are going to be a lot of people that thought they were saved, and they're going to find out on that day that they were not saved. How do you know? All you have to do is go to uh, Galatians chapter 5 and read Fruits of the Flesh. And one or more of those things will appear in your life if you're not in the will of God. But if you are in the will of God, you'll develop something called the fruit of the Spirit. And you know what will be number one in your life? I promise you, every time somebody that's sold out to Jesus Christ, the number one thing in their life, and it'll show every time, is the Lord. 
They'll love the Lord with every fiber of their being. They'll be like Paul. I, I, I'm here for a little while. I'm going to finish this course ahead. And when it comes my day, I have up a crown of righteousness laid up for me in heaven. It's waiting on me. I have my own mansion in heaven. I, I, I personally believe I, this is not, this is Wilsonology. This is not Bible. I believe I have my name wrote on the mansion up there. I believe it's waiting on me. It's already built, prepared. Where'd you get that from? Jesus said that he must go away so he prepare a place for me. Amen. It's waiting there. So why would I not want to finish this race down here and finish it full of faith and doing what the Lord is commanding? Paul's faith was not in Roman law or any of his many friends. Paul had friends everywhere, but his faith was not in any of them. We got too many Christians that have their faith in the ballot box. They're worried about who the president's going to be. And I get that concern. I understand that. But I can guarantee this. We could take Jimmy Swaggart and put him up there in the White House. And probably it would get worse with the fight that would ensue. We seen this not long ago. We had somebody up in there that actually loved this country. And what happened? Four years of fighting is all it was. And I'm not saying that. I, I'm glad we got our Speaker of the House up in there. He's a Christian. I fully believe it. I think he's a man of God. Listen to him. Some things he's saying is almost prophetic. Things he is telling our Congress. I mean, he's, he's, he's got some wonderful prayers. And these people are having to listen to it. They're probably not going to respond. But still, yet they're hearing it. But my friends, my faith is not in any of that. Now, even if things did somewhat, we got the right people up in there and they started passing laws. Somewhere along the line, because of the sin nature, men and women are going to mess it up. I promise you. And that, that therefore, I don't have my faith. Nowhere in, I, I, we have a constitution. I love it. I think it was given to God, but my faith is not in that. I'm going to go vote just like you are, but my faith is not in that ballot box. Uh, I'm a strong supporter of Second Amendment rights, but my faith is not in a weapon like that. My faith is in what Jesus Christ has accomplished for me. Amen? Because Jesus Christ alone is the answer for this dying and hurting world. If you've got problems in your life, Jesus Christ is the answer. If you've got problems in your home, Jesus Christ is the answer. If you are, maybe your future is not that bright. Maybe you're sick today. Maybe somebody listening doesn't have many days left. I can tell you your future is still bright with Jesus Christ. Amen? Because one day, I'm going to shuck off this old tabernacle. Amen? And I'm going to step out in the portals of glory. And I, 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 I've been reading a book. It's called Near-Death Events. It's not religious. I just was interested in it. And there was one thing that all these people that had near-death experiences have in common. I'm not through with it yet, but I've noticed there's been a a marker, if you will, of everybody that's had one of these near-death experiences. One thing was in common was this. When they died, they did not want to come back. When they got there to the shores of heaven, they did not want to come back. I remember Gerald Crabb, we was over at um, Brother Newcomb's funeral in Charleston, Mississippi. And we was out in the lobby. He's talking to me. He pulled me outside and he Ask his question. He said, you reckon Brother Newcomb would want to come back if he could and see all this? I said, not on your life. There's no way he'd leave heaven. 
And he said, you know what? I believe you're right. I said, I know I'm right because it's going to be a wonderful place when we get there. So many Christians are doom and gloom and, oh, goodness, we're going to die. And, oh, oh, I want to hang on to this earth and the things of this earth. They're worried about piling up things here on this planet here. My friends, what the best part of Christianity, the absolutely best part is ahead. It's ahead when we live, when they lay me out cold, when I'm on that slab and I'm done here on this earth, that is the best part of my life. When I'm done, I'm going to be on those golden shores. Amen. All my problems are gone. Why would I not want that? Would you really believe that? There's one thing that I know that can prove this to you this morning. Years ago, it was about 2005. My wife's grandfather died. And he was ready. He was ready. He lived a hard life. He was an old moonshiner from way back. And boy, he, he had the knuckles for it too. He'd fight drop of a dime. Sonny King. Any people still remember his name? Some of you do this morning. He was just one of them people from back in. He served many years too in Partsman and Federal Pen for the things he had done. But when he got out, and I was paying attention to him, I'd look for him to him to coming home. I met him. I went to parts and met him. And I wasn't saved. And I watched him as he went down to Stonefield Church of God on Wednesday night. He walked that aisle, gave his life to Jesus Christ. And I, I didn't see that with my eyes. I heard about it. And then I watched his life as he, every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, I didn't care what was going on. Sonny King was down there at Stonefield Church of God. I don't care if it was just him and the preacher. He showed up and he said, I think it was him told me preacher was ready to go home. He said, you know, I know something about feeding cows and even one cow shows up feeding. I feed him. You'll catch you here in a minute. Even one cow shows up. I, that, that farmer feed that cow. So what's the difference with this? And that they, they had church at night. He always impressed me with that. He, he, he turned his life over to Christ and you could tell when he passed away. My wife made me go to the funeral. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to be nowhere near church. And I, and she told me some things and I knew she was serious about what she told me she was going to do to me. And I went. And when I showed up that day, thank God Steve Bowie wasn't holding nobody's hand. Thank God he wasn't telling me how good I was. Thank God he told me what a sinner I was. He told me what the blood of Jesus could do for me. And I didn't get saved that day. I went home and I never forget. I looked up my wife and said, I'm going to go to church Sunday. You can go if you want to. What? I thought she missed, she thought she misunderstood me. I said, I'm going to church and I, I you want to go with me Sunday? Come on. And I went there that Sunday morning. And for an old sinner like me, Jesus Christ forgave me. My friend, I stayed at that altar down there four hours. I don't, well, it was longer than, it was a long time. Everybody had left except my wife's grandmother, Edna, and my wife. They stood beside me as I sat there and cried my heart out. All those years of misery, I, I, I cried it out under that carpet at Stonefield Church of God. And I never understood why he loved me so much. I accepted it by faith. And I can tell you that day when I come up, I was a new man. I wasn't perfect. I was new. I was a new creation, and God set me on a new path. My friends, 
There ain't nothing in the world that could have changed me except some kind of power, a supernatural power from another place. That's how I know heaven's real. I could go on testimony after testimony of how God has showed up and showed out my life, what he's done in other people's life. But my friends, that one testimony there, I was a hardened drug addict, and there is only one thing that could have converted me, and that was something supernatural, a supernatural power. And my friends, if I know that's real, then I know all the promises of the Bible are real also. And so therefore, I know when my day comes, and I can say that I know I have a crown of righteousness laid up for me. Lord, have mercy. I just want my name uh, written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. That's all I need. I, the crowns, I'm not worried about. I just want to be able to say or hear those words, you good and faithful servant. One day our home going will arrive. We will depart someday to them golden shores of heaven. I don't know why the Lord had me preach this today, because this is not the message I have. But I'm saying to you today that one day your home going is coming. I know it's not a pew filler, but I'm not trying to fill the pews. I'm trying to get people ready. I'm trying to get people ready for heaven. I'm trying to get people ready for eternity. That's my job as a pastor. That's what I do. All the other things are just that kind of come along with ministry so big. You let it happen as it happens, Lord. But one thing I have to ensure that anybody that hears my voice here in this sanctuary or across that radio, I want them to be ready for eternity. I want, I want every person to be able to say that I have fought the good fight of faith. And now I, my time is at hand. I'm ready to depart. We'll be able to look around, look behind, and look ahead and say, I have finished this race set before me. I have finished what the Lord has planned. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Power of the Cross Radio. We hope these moments of inspiration have stirred your heart and uplifted your soul. Our mission is to share the timeless message of hope, love, and transformation that the cross represents. But we couldn't do this without you, our dedicated listeners. Your support breathes life into our broadcasts, enabling us to reach even more people with this powerful message. As you've experienced firsthand, the words spoken and the music played have the ability to touch lives and bring about positive change. If Power of the Cross Radio has become a source of encouragement and light for you, we kindly ask for your help in sustaining this ministry. Your contributions, whether big or small, make a significant impact in keeping this radio station on the airwaves. By partnering with us, you become part of a community that is spreading love, faith, and healing to all corners of the world. So please, consider supporting us financially, sharing about us with friends and family, and returning to listen. Let's continue this journey together, as we dive deeper into the profound message of the cross and its transformative power. Thank you for your unwavering support, and we look forward to having you right here with us again on Power of the Cross Radio. Remember, your involvement truly makes a difference. And until next time, stay blessed.